This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. We're going to talk about the House bill that passed about surprise billing, just a high-level overview. We're going to go through what subsidies are and COBRA elections. We'll get a little update on the Biden open enrollment, talk a little bit about transparency and the surprise billing. The House passed a bill about subsidizing um, or increasing the subsidized amount of the health care tax credit, which was part of the Affordable Care Act, and just kind of walk through a little history of what subsidies are, they're basically taxpayer funded. They're not government funded. Taxpayer dollars were allotted to help reduce the premiums for what they call exchange business. It's basically the same health insurance. The Affordable Care Act is just a law of the land. It's not a government policy. You pick a policy and if you hit some parameters or bullet points and you're able to qualify for the tax credit, it automatically applies to your premium and reduces the premium. So they're talking about loosening the guidelines up a little bit in this bill. It still has to go to the Senate, but it allows those who are a little bit older, under 65, to qualify for the tax credit um, to be applied to the health insurance premiums, even though they normally would not. So there's a cap of 400% above poverty level. So they're trying to loosen up that 400% cap for those that are a little bit older versus younger. I'm not sure if I'm for this, except for it allows more people to retire, and that's a positive thing. Uh, but there is definitely some wiggle room across the whole Affordable Care Act and how they handle the subsidies. But in order to qualify for any subsidy, uh, or uh, um, some people just call it tax credit, it just depends on who you're talking to. It's based on an income. It's a percentage of the premium based on the silver plan in your given area, uh, which is indirectly related to age because they couldn't single out age because that would be discrimination. So it's a percentage of the premium, and then it's your filing status. Filing status, are you single, married, uh, have children, are you marrying, filing separate? So there's certain qualification factors that actually go into it in order just to qualify, period. there There's a number of things that go through. That's why in the initial uh, law of the Affordable Care Act, they brought in all these navigators and trained them. In my personal opinion, it was a complete train wreck. That's why during the Trump administration, they actually backed down, I want to say, $28 million away from the navigator program because it wasn't really working. Um, and so that's why the Biden administration, during this um, Biden open enrollment, I'm going to give you an update on, they decided to dump $50 million into the outreach and making sure it happens. Because the navigators weren't supposed to give advice, they're only there to guide through the system. So they go through a little bit of training to figure out how the application works, because most people are not going through these applications, so they basically got a road test, so to speak, and they were going around and learning the map, and, and uh, people that call in or try to fill out the application, they could give some guidance. But they couldn't advise on coverage portfolios, recommendations. In fact, they can't recommend on anything, which puts people in a bad spot because now you file your income tax and you're surprised that you have to pay all that money back. And so there's qualifications that need to be met. There is some for, uh, foresight you have to have in order to collect that tax credit. There's some strategies that are behind it, but you have to know the repercussions for it. There's many people across America that are gaming the system and maximizing the tax credit because then according to them, it's free money from the government. And then they're letting their tax return figure it out. And unfortunately, the way it was written that the IRS can't uh, always collect 100% of the money that was taken. So they're actually coming out ahead with taxpayer dollars. But nonetheless, this tax credit is available based on who qualifies for it. 
what it really did was cover up the massive rate increases on the individual and family market. That's really what it did. Premiums skyrocketed initially for many different reasons. And then over time, it just kept escalating because they could. Um, the insurance companies were trying to figure out a way to profit. It took them um, nearly from 2014 all the way to 2020 to figure that out. That's why the market narrowed pretty fast. There's other players that didn't want to play the game. Uh, the good news is more players are coming back into the game, and that gives us more competition to choose from, and that could be the ability to fight for premiums to get them back down. But the subsidies were there to soften the blow of the increases, um, plus the cost-sharing credit that was put into law um, to reduce the out-of-pocket. These are all taxpayer-funded programs. One side of it, it definitely was a good thing to help reduce the out-of-pocket. Uh, there's many, many business owners that I've met with that – this tax credit gave them the ability to uh, pay their mortgage or uh, hire another employee so they can expand or even buy manufacturing equipment or whatever it was they needed. It, it changed their life um, overnight. But then on the flip side is there's other people that don't qualify for it. Families, even though they have a certain level of income, they figured based on the government's figuring out based on a percentage of that silver plan in your given area, you don't qualify for the tax credit. So you're paying full boat. And so the government's trying to determine affordability for you on your behalf. It's not you trying to determine what's affordability, which I think is causing a lot of problems. So when, when you have a qualifying event coming out of an employer, you get a COBRA offering. So part of this House bill that was passed is that they're looking at providing subsidy credits or tax credits, taxpayer dollars, to help fund for the credit for uh, reducing your COBRA payments to make it more affordable while you're unemployed. This is probably a good thing. I still think all these tax credits should be dealt should be dealt on a tax return and not advanced through the government like they're doing now because it's costing the government billions of dollars to fund it, manage the people and the software that um, it took to get to that point. Uh, I think that if anybody's familiar with earned income credit, that is settled on the tax return um, and it provides financial aid or basically a refund of free money from taxpayers to individuals that tried to work but didn't make enough and the government is trying to give them a stipend to help them out. It's one of the biggest fraud areas. Now the subsidies are the second biggest fraud area, but I still think that the subsidies should have been handled on the tax return with the, your tax accountant or preparer because then you could strategize a little bit more and make sure things are buttoned up and you're not getting extra payments that you're not entitled to. Plus, people could have kept their affordable health plan that they had back in 2013 that is now dissolved. And so there's obviously a mixed bag here, but there's um, definitely opportunity with the tax credit going to the COBRA premiums to help reduce it. They're saying that the proposal is up to 85%. we got to see what the Senate's going to do. But for those who are in transition, uh, it could be a potential good thing. When you leave your employer, you have what's called an election period. That election period allows you to either elect COBRA and you have a certain amount of days or weeks or you know, some of them times you, you have a couple months to make a decision. But the COBRA letter is going to dictate exactly how you need to plan accordingly. And so you may only have two weeks and that's all you have because that's the time frame that was given. There's so many reasons why things are different for each employee that's leaving it's based on the company and the parameters that were set up so it's not individual employees coming out of the same company it's individual employees at several companies that might be different uh, cobra is not a separate health plan it's not a government plan cobra is actually the acronym for the act or the law that was signed in place 
so that required the employers to extend coverage beyond employment. It was a portability, and um, they left out the individual market for a portability, but uh, they did it with the group plan. So when you left one employer, you could ride out COBRA for a certain period of time, and then you can switch to the next health plan at your next employer. And since you had continuation coverage and no gap more than 63 days, at least at that time in the past, and even currently, um, that you could still get pre-existing wave on the plan. Well, the Affordable Care Act changed some of the pre-existing rules, but you could still have coverage going from one plan to the other plan, which has been a bonus for a lot of people. And in the years past, uh, the the COBRA uh, premiums that were came out were traditionally higher than what you pay for while you're working. And, and it still exists to this day, but the premium increase is only what the true cost of the health insurance was when you were actually working there. You just didn't have to pay that premium. Now you do. And so you're essentially just paying full cost. You're, they're offering it to you. You're no longer an employee, so it's not a benefit to you to actually have subsidized premiums from the employer. So you're going to pay the full cost. That's why there's a big jump in the premium. Uh, no one's surcharging anything. There is sometimes an administrative fee attached to it. They cannot charge more than 1% or 2%. Uh, and so... Uh, There is some admin fee to control the situation and uh, premium payments and make sure they go where they're supposed to, but there's nobody gouging anything. You could choose that plan or you could choose an individual plan or your spouse's coverage if that's an option. And prior to about 2015, 2016, somebody that would be in election period, the individual market would always, almost 100% of the time, be lower. Uh, even before the Affordable Care Act, it was almost half. There was underwriting involved, so it was a different animal back then versus today. But what's happened on the individual market is the premiums have gone up. And when you compare the coverage through the employer plan and the individual or exchange plans or family plans, if you were to buy it on your own, you're going to notice that there might be a premium savings on the individual plans, but you're going to get far less in most cases. You're going to get a smaller network. You may get worse coverage, meaning higher deductibles, higher out-of-pocket, maybe higher co-pays. Prescription drug coverage will not be the same. And so when comparing, you have to justify, is it worth the premium difference and save that money and pay that out of pocket? And it might be. But in a lot of cases, it's not worth that premium savings and you're better off just paying the COBRA plan. The COBRA plan is still limited. Uh, If you're on mini COBRA or some call, like in the state of Illinois, it's called Illinois Continuation. You have 12 months unless there's some extensions uh, related to COVID. But COBRA traditionally is 18 months. You could actually get 24 or 36 months based on certain qualifying events. The HR or third-party administrator that's handling the COBRA will notify you accordingly what you qualify for. That's why that letter is important and you have to comply with the letter. But otherwise, if you qualify for a tax credit, it's always less expensive by a long shot to go with the individual plans. You just may have some trade-offs such as provider doctors, hospitals, or plan coverage arrangements such as copays or deductibles. You can make a financial decision at that point if it's great enough, uh, but now they're trying to move that credit um, to the COBRA policy. So you could still maintain that coverage through the previous employer uh, through COBRA and then get a reduction as well. And so they're still ironing things out on that. I know we received a couple phone calls asking about it. There's not enough information to even relay. It could change in the Senate. We're still waiting for things to unfold, and so we can advise accordingly. But we'll update you as things go on with that. Are you a CFO? 
HR professional, or owner of a company, big or small, and you're tired of the typical health insurance premium increases each and every year. Out of control premiums with no end in sight. Well, now there is the elite benefits formula. This process has saved employers and their employees thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars each year. These strategies are avoided by most insurance professionals, and the insurance companies definitely do not want you to know about them. But Elite Benefits of America is ready to help you. Just about all employers in the Chicagoland area can now take advantage of some or all of these strategies and start saving money. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. A quick update on the Biden open enrollment that opened up on the 15th of February. We're already two weeks into this. This is just from our office. Um, But every case that's contacted our office through a referral source or just a, a call from finding us on the Internet, every case except for one had a qualifying event. A qualifying event is when you lose qualifying coverage, such as from your employer uh, or spouse's coverage. We had a a divorce in there. Uh, So you lost coverage from a divorce, um, loss of employment. You don't have it through the spouse coverage. There's a number of scenarios. Those are qualifying events if you lost qualifying coverage. It cannot be a short-term medical that expires. It has to be a qualifying event from a qualifying plan. Every case was a qualifying event. So whether Biden did sign an executive order to open in the open enrollment, they would have qualified for coverage regardless. We had one case and one case only that procrastinated and now qualified for the open enrollment uh, with no strings attached. Um, They didn't need to have verification of loss of coverage. Only one case. And it was actually driven by a medical need because they were trying to get coverage for something. Uh, insurance is not designed to buy insurance when you need it. And that was one of the reasons they created an open enrollment you cannot elect throughout the year like they did. And that was their trade-off for not having underwriting because if it was underwriting and you have a medical need, you're not going to have coverage. Either they're going to postpone the application, meaning you can't have coverage or decline, uh, or they're going to exclude it from coverage because they you already know what's going to happen. And so... It didn't make sense to them. They thought, well, that's what medical insurance is for. But uh, obviously, we gain coverage for them, this individual because they qualified through the open enrollment versus a special enrollment. But it's like getting in a car accident, though, and then going into your insurance agent and say, okay, I need coverage on, on my Firebird over here. And so it's too late at that point. They're not going to pay for anything. You could try to scam, and there's a lot of people, and that's why insurance companies brace for impact, and they ask a ton of questions or they do certain inspections, like every homeowner's insurance company will eventually, uh, at some point periodically, while you have the coverage, will come out and take pictures of your property to make sure you're taking care of it. They will uninsure you and drop you if you're not taking care of your property correctly. And so, unfortunately, they, uh, and I don't know if it's fortunate too, is that they don't do that with medical. Uh, we don't have a dashboard to provide to an insurance company to see how our health is doing. It probably would be good for us because then we could predict claims a little bit more and know what future expenses are. And it probably would be a good thing because if you knew you're going to have heart disease because of the way you were eating 20 years ago, uh, you might change um, some of your thought pattern on that. But uh, needless to say, my whole point is that we only had one case out of all this that qualified. And you're talking about the numbers are going to be extremely low and the government's backing it with $50 million of taxpayer money. And so 
you know, it, it, yes, it's creating an opportunity for certain individuals to get health insurance that may not have. But we, you know, from even from my peer groups that I talk to, we just not seeing a whole lot of that. We're seeing more of people are getting laid off, transitioning, quitting jobs, moving to another company, uh, retiring, maybe even coming home and uh, staying with the kids because they're homeschooling more. A lot of those transitions are occurring and there's qualifying events related to those. And so, but needless to say, the, the open enrollment, the Biden open enrollment goes through May. So if you have any questions, concerns, problems, or need any assistance, um, please contact our office. Um, happy to go through it or find an advisor in your area that's willing to help you. More on medical billing, transparency, and then the Surprise Billing Act. Uh, we've talked about uh, medical transparency or medical billing transparency. It's not quite there according to what is supposed to be there with the executive order signed by the Trump administration, but it's making some progress. Uh, the health insurance in, or healthcare industry is the only industry that I'm aware of from the world of Butch Zimar for sure that does their billing the way they do it. And so they have this made up number and nobody knows what it is until the claim time. And talk about surprise billing i think every time you get a bill from the provider is a surprise billing you have no idea what's going to cost and sometimes it works in your favor and you open it up and you're like wow 80 bucks i'm I'm game right and so then there's other times you open it up and you're like holy smokes i was there for 10 minutes and it's 800 bucks and uh that's surprise billing uh at its finest but you look at every other industry that you're in most people are not doing any services or paying any money to anybody until they actually know what uh, an estimated cost. It doesn't have to be the same cost at the end. Look at your mechanic. You will get an estimated cost if there's repairs done saying, hey, you know, this is this, this is this, this is this. This is what the estimated cost is going to be. There could be potential other costs because we might get knee deep into it and find out you got bearings are broken and other things that need to be replaced, bushings, whatever it might be. And but at least you have an idea of what the true cost is going to be. And if it's going to change, they'll call and let you know. Where healthcare, they just add it to the bill and figure it'll work out at some point or we'll just send you to collections and, and ruin your credit report because we didn't tell you in advance what the bill was going to be and we're just going to just stick it to you anyways. But part of the surprise law that was put in place, they were talking about uh, out-of-network surprises or out-of-network costs, um, if they were not disclosed prior to the service between the insurance company and the provider could only bill at what the in-network rate was, and they only have 30 days to figure that out. And so I have seen this in action already, uh, whether or not it's a common practice, but it was kind of unique to see this hap- uh, occur after the law was signed in or it was signed into law and it went in effect in January, but this bill was actually in December. And so my guess is they were just already following suit. It was an out-of-network ambulance bill that was billed. And it was like, if I remember right, it was like $4,000 for this bill to go, I don't remember how many miles, 15 miles or something crazy, um, to transfer from one hospital to the other. And so they had this huge bill and they originally got the invoice and they said, don't pay this yet. We're still working on it. A few weeks later, they received an update at one and it was a fraction of the cost. It came down to like, I don't know, it was like 900 bucks or a thousand. It was definitely a quarter of the cost. Policyholder was definitely relieved and, and made it things a lot easier, but they were initially scared and they couldn't believe that there was a $4,000 ambulance bill in the city of Chicago going from one place to the other. And so I think this is where 
the transparency and surprise billing um, law comes into play where they uh, first told you what it was, they reconciled, they came back and they reduced it. They did everything they were supposed to. It actually worked. And we'll see if that continues. But I also think that you're going to get disclosures up front, just like you do now. Here's a medical disclosure I need you to sign off before we operate, and you may potentially die or get sick from it. I think they're just going to now create another disclosure and say, here's potential out-of-network charges, and so they can continue to keep doing the practices they are. I think that when you look at the game of healthcare, you have insurance companies, healthcare providers, and the policyholders. The ones that are winning in the game are the insurance companies and the healthcare providers and who's stuck in the middle is the policyholder with zero leverage. They have nothing. They're just stuck with the bill, whatever it might be. The providers actually hold the keys for all of it. They can increase, decrease their costs at will based on whatever parameters they come up with. And maybe some of that, there's some rules and regulations involved, but the insurance company doesn't care. They claim they have ever a leverage because they go back to the provider and say, hey, we have hundreds of thousands worth of uh, policyholders and we're trying to negotiate. And the provider's like, ha, tough luck, right? This is what we want. And the insurance company's just going to go back and eat it for a year and then pass on the cost the following year. They've been doing it for a long, long time, um, several generations. And so there's nothing new in their practice. And they're trying to provide value by offering other benefits and they're hiding the true cost. So in an individual and family plan and most small groups that are uh, in large group too, that are still fully insured, there's no transparency inside the insurance company. They hold all the cards tight. They will not give you a breakdown. You might have some general costs if you ask for it, but uh, for the most part, uh, you don't know what the taxes or fees are always. Um, they're disclosing them more with the Affordable Care Act. There's other profit margins and other fees that are built in that you have no idea, and that's what increases the cost. Whereas level-funded and full, uh, self-funded programs, they give you a breakdown and let you know where that is. But regardless of that, we need to move to a different transparency model. Uh, we may be moving there with the menu board. I just think that it didn't do enough, but at least we're heading in the right direction. People need to be aware of pricing. And they might second-guess certain things that they do. So, for example, if you the doctor orders an MRI, Unless you're on an HMO and have more restrictions and you know that going to the hospital, which is who they're affiliated with, is going to cost you a lot more than going down the street to an open MRI or some other, I call it jack-in-a-box clinic, that could do it for a fraction of cost with the same exact machine that's at the hospital. And so it's going to, you're going to become smarter shoppers over time knowing what the true cost is. Even if you're not paying for it, there's going to be a lot of people with good conscience knowing that insurance companies are paying these bills, but they're not going to go to some place that's going to charge more uh, when they can get it for less. But there will be the other ones that are going to say, well, the insurance company is paying for it. I always call it the bigger purse. The bigger purse is paying for it. And so therefore, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to get uh, the, the Rolls Royce of my testing just because somebody else is paying for it. But the reality is, is the end result still the same. But my last piece of advice, you need to match the explanation of benefits to the invoice. Most people receive the invoice and they are, they just write checks or they don't know what they can and can't do. They don't know what was billed. They just know that's what they're being charged. And they don't cross-reference it to the explanation of benefits because the insurance company sends it uh, or emails it to you and you never log in and get it. But if they mail it to you, it just says this is not a bill. Uh, it, it just explains how they allocated the claim. You have no idea what you're looking for, uh, looking at, so you just kind of throw it in the trash or shred it. 
or put it in a folder and say, I'll reference this later, and you never do. You need to cross-reference that because billing mistakes happen all the time. Providers, either intentionally or non-intentionally, actually bill the wrong amount. And um, the verdict's out definitely on whether they do it intentionally at certain providers. But uh, you might get a bill, and you have to call and say, hey, this doesn't match. And then they would say, innocently say, oh, we're so sorry about that. We'll match it up to the explanation of benefits and send you a new invoice. But if you didn't call, guess what? You're going to be sent to collections with that amount. And so you need to cross-reference it. You need to be on top of it. It is a big pain in the butt. We could do it. We could outsource it as well. But the insurance company will guide you through it too. If you call the insurance company and talk to claims, they'll kind of walk you through itemizing the um, invoice through to the explanation of benefits or what they call the EOB. And so definitely become a smarter shopper by knowing what the prices is. The days are gone where insurance companies paying almost 100% of it and you have very little out of pocket and you're not paying much for the premiums. It's flipping and it has flipped for the last 20 years where more and more people in America are becoming more responsible for their health care, both in their premiums and their out of pocket expenses. So you need to be aware of all this. Some people look at it as a bad thing because they think it's some human right or, uh, hey, it's always been like this. Well, times have changed. It is not really a right. It is a consumer item that needs to be purchased. Um, It's just the way it was designed for many, many years in America. It gives us a lot of freedom, a lot of choices compared to other countries. That's where uh, you're going to get best bang for the buck. You're not being directed because of some procedural thing authorized by the government um, or some fashion like that, you have to go to certain facilities. I know healthcare can look like that, but it's definitely a lot different than other countries. And we may be headed down that road. I just think that there's too much personalities in the United States that demand too much on the way they want their healthcare to ever get there, But uh, which drives the cost too, because we never knew the true cost. And so I always say we were spoiled for so many years, and now the health insurance companies and the employers are now passing the bill onto you and now the reality check is there the cost has always been there uh, based on current costs in that in that time frame and and history but now it's going to be on you to become more responsible for it